here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. There are a few people that are saying that the World Economic Forum is over, that it's lost all credibility, that it's running for its life. I don't believe that at all. I do believe it's been exposed when it didn't expect to be exposed. They they just expected that anybody who was called a conspiracy theorist would just run and hide when we didn't and when you didn't, when people like Carol Roth didn't and Russell Brand didn't. Well, they had a problem, but that's not meaning they're going away. They're just going to go back undercover and the world that they are planning is quite terrifying. I'm going to give you a story this uh, this half hour about what's happening right now in Scotland that is directly from the World Economic Forum that will come here. Also, how ESG is driving our inflation. Carol Roth, uh, the author of The War on Small Business, has a new book coming out that I'll let her talk about that just the title alone will tell you everything you need to know uh she is on esg and the world economic forum and what it actually means to you we talk to her in 60 seconds here's a nice thought what if you didn't have to worry 24 7 about you know some cyber criminal finding and stealing your information online i mean last hour we talked about uh the electrical grid and the stress it's under plus the cyber attacks that have been promised and how easy it's lights out for us. I mean, really, take Stu's information all day long, please. Just don't knock out the power grid, please. Uh, here's the thing. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. All of us are going to be affected by this. LifeLock is the best in the business to, with preventative measures and the access to a uh, a lifelock restoration team that works to end it and get your information back and your good name nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses but you can help protect what's yours with lifelock by norton join now use the promo code beck and save 25 percent off your first year 1-800-LIFELOCK 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com use the promo code beck again lifelock.com promo code beck lifelock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK well carol it's a new year a new you how are you yeah, I'm doing well. I'm just making sure that my private jet's doing okay because, oh. you know, there was a climate crisis. So I know. obviously it was very important for me to take my private jet to go talk about the climate crisis and then have steak dinners while I tell everybody that meat is bad. So, you know, it, just trying to get that all together. It, it is so crazy. By the way, did you hear today? Let me see. It was just approved. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? It was the European Union has just approved cricket powder as a component of flour based foods. Amazing. Yeah, it's great. Sounds sounds tasty. I'm looking looking very forward to that. I unfortunately have a deep allergy to crickets, so I can't (laughs) have anything with crickets in it. It's too bad, but. We're all gonna we're all gonna develop a, a cricket allergy. It's part of our poly crisis. I yes, think. and I want to play this clip. This is from the World Economic Forum last week. Listen, to what this. is a poly crisis, and how and when could it happen? 
we're actually in the midst of one at the moment. We have an energy crisis and food crisis um, and technology downturn that are all happening at the same time. It's the set of concurrent cascading risks that happen at the same time. So that's where we are today. That's 2023. What we're seeing, though, is that in the two-year time frame and the 10-year time frame, we're at a risk of more of these polycrises unfolding. Two okay. years out, there's still a concern among the experts that we surveyed that cost of living is going to be number one, but at the same time, a big risk of natural disasters. Ten years out, it's all about climate. All natural disasters, nothing else but natural disasters. <laughs> it, it, she doesn't seem to find any irony in the fact that we're in an energy crisis and a food crisis and a trust crisis when all of those come directly from the policies of the World Economic Forum. Yeah, it, it, first of all, I have to say it sounds more regal if you say it with sort of like a British accent. A polycrisis yes. sounds much more ter- <laughs> right. terrifying, so I think we uh-huh. should do that. But it is. It's it's so ironic um, that they're sitting here and they're talking about the inflation. They're talking about the energy issues. They're talking about the mistrust and disinformation that came from the policies that stemmed from global governments and the World Economic Forum. I mean, they are the ones that shut down and said we need to have have this wonderful great reset. They're the ones, the central banks around the world that printed trillions of dollars. They're the ones that moved away from traditional energy because right. of the push from the World Economic Forum. So they've caused these crises, all of them, mm-hmm. except for this global client emergency that clearly nobody's paying enough attention to. So we now have to add it to our poly crisis or have Al Gore go on an unhinged rant to make it extra special. Can you give direct correlation to our inflation from ESG? 100%. If you think about what inflation looks like, a large percentage of that was gas, but some of that was shipping costs related to the cost of gas. And then, you know, fossil fuels have 6,000 derivative products that all went up in price because of the cost. And the cost went up because we didn't have enough supply and we didn't have enough supply because of ESG policies. ESG policies directed capital away from investments in fossil fuel to the extent that Saudi Arabia and OPEC says that we're underinvested by like $12.1 trillion over the next coming decades. So by doing that, by, by ensuring that companies who make the investments in drilling and processing for fossil fuels couldn't do that, they are directly attributable to the increase in prices as well as, you know, the obvious direct correlation to the increased energy. Prices. So here is something that is you're hearing and you're just hearing the setup uh, right now that the Republicans are going to be so dangerous on this debt ceiling <laughs> and we are just going to default on all of our debts and uh, <laughs> we will have no credibility. We have no credibility now. But we're not going to default on our debts. Um, But they are talking about the debt ceiling. Why should the average person care about this? So the reality is we shouldn't care about the debt ceiling. We should care about spending. I mean, the debt ceiling is just saying that we cannot finance our overspending with debt anymore. But they don't do that at the same time that they pass the bills. They do it after the fact. So they've already spent the money and you have to pay for it. 
short term, we're not going to default on on our debt. It's just stupid. We have plenty of assets that we could lease or we could sell if we got into a pickle or things that could be rejiggered around. But in the medium to long term, the spending is unsustainable. And so if you overspend and you have a deficit, there are only so many ways to find it. And we're probably not selling off all our assets at this point in time. So that means you're going to finance it with debt. And it's just going to become bigger and bigger to the point that it becomes unsustainable from a tax standpoint, from a money printing and erosion of your uh, wealth and value standpoint. And so that's really the area that this, this whole debt thing is kind of like the sideshow at the circus. Right. We need to be right. focusing on the main act, and that is the spending. And I've said this before, Glenn, if we just rolled back like five years, if we went back to 2018 spending, which, you know, two years before the pandemic or even the year before the pandemic, we would be running a surplus. We could be paying down debt or 2019, we would be about breaking even. So it's not like we have to change that much to get this under control and they refuse to do it. Okay. Um, there was a call last week for a windfall tax on food companies. I've never heard anything more dangerous and stupid than that. So there is a legendary investor named Charlie Munger. He is Warren Buffett's uh, partner in uh. Berkshire Hathaway, one of the best. And he has this famous saying that says, show me the incentive and I'll show you the outcome. The reality is that taxes influence behavior. And if you don't want something, you tax it. That's Correct. what you do, right? Show me a the tax incentive. on SUVs. Right. A, a tax on, you know, sin products, cigarettes, Correct. alcohol. We don't Correct. want them. We tax those things. And oh, by the way, the things that we want, we get tax credits, right? All of this, these Correct. green Marriage, kids, all of it. <laughs> yeah. So here, here's what you're saying. We're going to tax food. It is saying we do not want you to produce food. Who says that other than utterly nefarious and crazy people who want people to starve? It is utter insanity. And the fact that people are like, oh, yeah, you know, that that makes a lot of sense. We should definitely put a tax on food is, I mean, like, I mean first of all, that, that is, does not hurt anybody at Davos, but it hurts the very poorest among us in the world. And I'm not even talking about America. I mean, the poor of the poor. And they're already in a food shortage. These people are so anti-human. They do want people to starve. They they also, uh, you know, uh, said that they are raising, I think it's $3 trillion privately and with the help of uh, governments to buy uh, farmland, to buy up 30% of the land eventually 50 percent on the entire planet yeah and th they're talking about 30 percent by the end of this decade and they're going to do it with fundraising i mean the guy who was talking about it was uh was uh, john Kerry. i mean it's it's insanity they when will people understand they mean you will own nothing um, perhaps when they read my next book, uh, which you have been instrumental in helping shape, um, which ironically is called You Will Own Nothing and so Connect right. the Dots 
between all of these things that they're saying and the destruction of our property rights and freedom. I mean, when they come out and say, oh, you know, we, you owe nothing, that, that's a right-wing conspiracy. It's not. It was on their website in an article in 2016, which now they, I think they have pulled. So yeah, we have they, have. they have. They have. We can go use the Wayback Machine to mm-hmm. resource it. Then they made a video that they put their logo on, that it was their first prediction. So they're predicting the end of private property. This is not a coincidence. And by the way, it's not like a cute little Jetson fantasy. It's not Rosie the Robot folding Correct. your laundry. Like these are scary things that they're going, oh, ha, 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 this is going to be great for you. This is not great. And so going through all the different things that we've been talking about, ES. The purchase of land by private individuals. It is scary how much has been purchased by a small group of people. And as you said, the government is now paying to take some of that farmland out of commission. Um, there are reasons for this. There, there are sort of um, empire cycle reasons for this. And there is a jockeying of the elite to put themselves in what, position to rule everything. What do you mean an empire building process? What do you mean? End of empire. So basically, you know, we are where the Romans were at one point in time, where the British were, where the Dutch were. And there is this sort of disconnect between high debt loads and power. And when we're in a high debt load situation like the U.S. is and frankly, a, a number of other countries, the people in charge get desperate and they start doing desperate things. They never cut back on services. They never try to salvage it. They just kind of run straight into that cliff. And it's happened many, many times in history and we're moving in that direction. The elites see this. So all these things that we're seeing is basically them trying to reshape the outcome and put themselves up on top by having you own nothing. Uh, I'm going to go back to owning nothing and the what that does to a nation that was built around ownership. That is a total reversal of the basic foundation of America and most of the Western world now. More with Carol Roth. Uh, I'm sure you could. Can you order the uh, the book yet? No, but you can sign up for more information at carolroth.com slash Glenn, and we'll let you know. All right. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be a good book. I I have seen the outlines, and and it's really, she's good. All right. Donald wrote in about his dog's experience with Rough Greens. Uh, He says, I've never seen my dog lick the bowl clean. I mean, she's licking the bowl clean all the time now because she's looking for any remaining traces of Rough Greens. Uh, My dog does that, too. And I'm like, dude, it's not soaking into the metal. It's You're done. You're done. And man, lick and lick and lick and lick. You really need to check out what Rough Greens can do. It's not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic doctor uh, Dennis Black. You sprinkle it on the dog's food and it's chock full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants. You name it. If it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in Rough Greens. I want you to see the special deal where you can get the first bag free. It's just a trial bag that you can just test to make sure your dog likes it. They don't want you paying for anything if your dog doesn't like it. But if your dog likes it, then start 
on rough greens and feed rough greens, put it on the food every single day, twice a day. And over the months, you're going to see a huge difference in your dog. At least I have. And so is everybody here that has tried it. The first trial bag is free. You just pay for shipping at roughgreens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. That's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Or you can call 833-GLEN-33, 833-G-L-E-N-N-33, roughgreens.com slash Beck. 10 seconds, station ID. So what does this mean, Carol, um, the the idea that you will own nothing in a country that's whole identity and whole theory is that you can become uh, wealthy. You can change your station by even land ownership, just being able to own something and call it yours is fundamental to the American experiment. What does that do to us? I mean, if you own nothing, then the powers that be own you. I mean, it completely changes everything. It crushes the American dream. Um, and it makes basically it makes people indentured servants to the government and you know, to, to some extent to big tech as well. I mean, that's really if you think about all of these things that are being put out there, they sort of want to take your life and rent it back to you, whether it be through a terms of service or through, you know, dependence on the government. But that is the goal is that they want that interdependence. They want you to not have freedom, not to have agency, not to make your own choice. They want to control everything you do. And it's coming, you know, from a wealth standpoint, it's coming from a technology standpoint, it's coming from a cultural standpoint, social credit. Um, so, you know, really, this is a this is a war. And this is one that you're going to have to fight on multiple fronts. And at the end of the day, we need people to own everything. We need you to have that ownership so that you can fight back and not be at their whim and not be an indentured servant to the slate, to big technology, to big business and to the global elite. If we don't stop the regulatory state, the unelected officials from just being able to introduce new rules on things, if we don't stop that, you you won't own anything because they will make it so onerous that there's no way you could afford to own it. They don't have to take it if you're so broke that there's nothing else you can do but sell it. Yeah, you know, it used to be that when they were looking for riches, they would go out and they would invade another land and they would take those riches. And obviously that's, you know, somewhat politically unpopular. But forever, for whatever reason, this legal plunder, the idea that they're stealing our wealth um, and doing it in a legal way because they're passing the rules and the regulations that we have to deal with somehow is more palatable to people. And well, that, it shouldn't be. This well, is your wealth. That's that's the sheriff of Nottingham story. I mean, all the king did was just say, hey, what's yours is now mine. Right. Go, sheriff, go out and take it. And he would take it. That's that's Robin Hood. This is the part that they always get wrong. They think Robin Hood worked for the government. No, Robin Hood was (laughs) against the government because they were doing exactly what they're proposing to do to the entire world now. 
Yeah. And if you look at just like a case study like Venezuela, who, you know, mid last century was the fourth wealthiest nation in the world. And they use this rhetoric. They said things are unequal and we wanted to make it more fair. So, you know, us in the government, we're going to just nationalize everything. We're going to take it over and you'll be so much better off. And with that, they went from the fourth wealthiest country in the world to, you know, a recent study showed that the median net worth of a person in Venezuela was zero, literally zero. So that is, you know, a very clear case study on how quickly this can happen. And to say, oh, it'll never happen here in America, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe I agree with you, Glenn, but look what just happened over the past few years. Look at the level of compliance with these COVID rules and regulations. They took away people's jobs and livelihoods. Of course, they're going to continue down this I remember saying in 2008, we stay on this path, we will be Venezuela. Venezuela had just really collapsed, and I realized at the time, and I said it at the time, it took 20 years to take that strong state that was the fourth wealthiest and destroy it. Well, we are now approaching a 20-year mark where we have been doing it. It's not out of the realm of possibility. In fact, every day we continue down this road, it becomes more likely. All right, her new book coming out soon, You Will Own Nothing. CarolRoth.com slash Glenn will get you all of the information. CarolRoth.com slash Glenn. Carol, talk to you again. The Glenn Back Program. All right, when the chips are down, the very last thing you want to be thinking uh, to yourself is, oh, crap. Guess I should have done that. Chips are down right now, my friend. They are down. The best time to plan for your future was yesterday. But today will have to do, and it's much better than tomorrow. Please call Goldline. There is no obligation here, but you should talk to them to see if investing in precious metals is right for you and your family. It could just be in silver, but it's a hedge against inflation. It's a hedge against this insanity that is happening because it's no longer a question of if anymore. It is just really the question of when. And when is beginning to seem like right now. The only thing left to question is why are you not prepared? Please call Goldline, offering a special deal in their gold legal tender bars this week. Everyone purchased, you'll receive 25 silver Mind Your Business bars at no additional cost. It's a great deal. 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. It's time to subscribe to blazetv.com. If you use the promo code Glenn, you'll save 10 bucks off your subscription at blazetv.com slash Glenn. This is voodoo music. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. By the way, this year's theme has been uh, inspired uh, by Poor Man's Poison. I just, I love their music. Love their music. Uh, check them out. Check them out. By the way, uh, Chris Brady, uh, who has run Glenbeck.com mainly into the ground. No, I'm kidding. That's, that was me. Um, uh, has, has really been the backbone of our archives and everything for so long. He started... I think he was there before you were a part of the show, the second iteration. Yeah, he he was there in what, two two thousand. Yeah, you dumped me. 
You oh, dumped I, me. You were like, I got a hotter girl. I got to go. Best decision I ever made. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, came begging, please. <laughs> That's anyway. not how I remember <laughs> those conversations exactly. Um, but uh, uh, he's been around forever. Chris yeah. is, is a great dude and has been around forever. So he's just put out a very timely coloring <laughs> book for your kids. Uh, it is uh, Joe Biden hides classified documents. Uh, you can get it now at BidenColoringBooks.com. This is volume one, by the way. Hmm. Um, and it's a coloring book. These are great pages. And, uh, you know, you you. You have to find the documents uh, that he's hidden, uh, you know, all over, sometimes on his body or, you know, in the picture someplace. Uh, they also uh, first first ever visual illustration I've seen of corn pop, which is not yeah. how I expected him to look. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah. that's apparently what he looks like. So. Um, uh, so anyway, you, you, you've you got that. And then great moments in Biden history. This is the. Uh, and your kids will love coloring this in. This is Joe Biden leaving his house with a shotgun after he just blew three, you know, two holes. No, three holes with a mm-hmm. with a double barrel shotgun. He uh, <laughs> he put three holes in the uh, door, you know, uh, coming from that speech where he said, that's what you got to do. You just shoot through the door. No, no, no. And then, of course, uh, the great moments with uh, the top secret Hillary's first kill list is all in. Uh, Joe Biden hides classified documents, the coloring book, because uh, why not? You know, why not? You can find it again at uh, BidenColoringBooks.com. <laughs> hard to find all those documents. Just like in real life, it seems hard to find all of his documents. Yeah. Yeah. But he cares deeply. He cares so oh, deeply oh. about the process. Oh, so I, deeply. So I was listening to the. Uh, and again, we do these things for you. We do these things, these things for you, America. So you don't, you don't have to. You don't have to. You, they can't get away with things because we listen and we read the mainstream media. And we look at it so we can find all their nonsense and p- report it to you so you don't have to digest all of it. But they did a, a report on the Biden missing documents in the da- on the Daily today, which is the New York Times sort of... Uh, we have the New York Times uh, Daily podcast. Music. I love that. Uh, <laughs> right. When you're talking about the Daily Music. Yeah, so to... let me interview you about oh. the Daily today, because that's the way it... Okay. Joe Biden. Superhero. Document sleuth. <laughs> Documents have been found everywhere. And he's going in for a rectal exam later this afternoon. Will we find more documents? We talk to expert Zib Zibbler on The Daily. Zib. Hello, Glenn. So uh, I hear you have great things to say about Joe Biden and the documents. I have to pause when you ask questions for no, seeming, no seemingly good reason on this podcast. Hmm. So what was the strategy? of the Biden White House as they went through this process? That's the question. And I think it's an interesting one. So, Zib, I don't have the answer to that. Right, I want you to ask me that, because that's what they talk oh, about okay. on the podcast. All right. uh, what was the, what? What was it? Yes, What Clint. was the strategy? <laughs> yeah, what was the strategy? And what's your name, the host? Michael. My- Michael. Michael, the White House had a strategy when these documents were first uncovered at the Penn Biden Center. 
And that strategy is something that I'm happy to talk about if you ask me about it. Mm. I'd love you to talk about it. Talk about what? The strategy of Biden and the rollout of the documents. The strategy of the rollout. <laughs> the strategy Shh. of... The music's playing. Oh, It'll end in a second. Okay, so we're just supposed to sit here and Shh. listen to this really crappy music. Yes, go. I'll play it again. The strategy this, of... The, no, no, yet. This early. is where people are thinking about the question that you're about to answer. Okay, okay, I'll stop. Right. From the New York Times... <laughs> We're back to the intro again. Shh. This is a little longer than they usually are. Does this end? So the strategy behind the White House documents was something that the White House felt passionately about. They just didn't want to talk to the public about this after finding out about the November 1st batch of documents. And the reason why... Oh, more music. That I was trying to finish. No, I want you to think about what you just said there. Okay, so should I, nothing. do I set it up Go again? Or do I, no, just... So, their strategy was to make sure the public didn't know about this, and the reason for that was they just didn't want to affect the investigation. <laughs> and, hmm. yeah, I know. I took so it, I took it at face value, too. So what you're saying is they didn't want to infe- in, infect anyone's thinking on the investigation because if they found him to be guilty, they, the White House wanted to make sure that he paid the full price. Thank you. Okay. So I didn't want to talk when there was no music. It would have been weird. So, yes, they, they, the issue was, no, no, they just didn't want the investigation to be uh, tainted. tainted in any way. Right. So they just didn't tell the public at all. And then 68 days or so went by. <laughs> but only 68 days. Only the 68. Right. And the 68 days went by. And then more documents were found. Okay. And... CBS News breaks the story of the first set of documents. And what does the White House do? They only confirm that report, but don't talk about the second batch of documents. Hmm. And that was to, again, protect the, the sanctity of this investigation that now the whole public knew about already. The New York Times breaks down all of the key topics every day with The Daily. So to make sure I'm clear here, I have no skepticism at all. They told me this, I and think, I'm saying it to you. I have I, no, no skeptic, I, no levels of skepticism. We, why would you? They said it. The Biden White House told it right. to me, and now I'm telling it to everyone else exactly. as if it's the news. As what we do here every day on The Daily from The New York Times. Wait, are we doing another intro? <laughs> oh, no. All right. Car trouble. Let's talk about it. It's always happening when you least expect it. It never happens when it's convenient. It's like, yeah, yeah, I just cashed my paycheck. This is going to be great. I was wondering what I was going to do with that extra, what, $1,500? If your car goes down and it needs 
I mean, a major repair, it has something big go wrong. That can screw up everything in your financial plan. That's why you need CarShield. That's why I have CarShield. I have CarShield on my two older trucks. They ran out of warranty actually years ago. And uh, I want to keep driving them. I want to make sure that I don't have to replace them. Have you seen the price of a used car now? They have saved me tons of money at CarShield, and they can do the same thing for you. When your car breaks down, you're stuck on the side of the road. Every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, rental car options, and trip reimbursement at no extra cost. Lock in your price today. Make sure all those major repairs are covered. CarShield. 20% you can save on your plan right now, and you'll always be prepared for the unexpected. It's 800-227-6100, 800-227-6100, or go to carshield.com slash back, 800-227-6100, carshield.com slash back. Glenn Beck. You're not going to believe this, Stu. I mean, this is how bad the conspiracy theories are getting. This is from the New York Post. George Soros uses donations to media organizations and journalism think tanks to avoid criticism for his liberal activism. (laughs) Okay, listen to this. This What 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 evidence do they have? This is what they have. Okay, all Mm -hmm. right. Uh, CNN's Christiane Anampour sits on the board of the Center for Public Integrity, a nonprofit investigative journalism group funded by George Soros. Okay. Uh, NBC's Lester Holt, Washington Post salary, uh, Sally Busby, Associated Press uh, editor Julie Pace, Reuters editor-in-chief Alexandre Gal- uh, Galoni, all sit on the board of the uh, member of committee to protect journalists funded by George Soros. Right. CBS Margaret Brennan, CNN's Fareed Zakaria serve on the board of the massive, massively influential Council of Foreign Relations Soros-backed think tank. NBC's chairman, Cesar Conde, uh, is uh, on the Aspen Institute board, a Soros-backed think tank. NPR's president and CEO, John uh, Lansing, is connected by the direct funding that George Soros gives to NPR. PolitiFact editor-in-chief, Angie Holan, serves uh, on the board of the Soros-backed International Fact-Checking Network. Uh, You know, and then they throw in these stupid examples, like during a PBS segment, in 2018, Amapur had on Hungary's Minister of Foreign Affairs and used the opportunity to accuse his boss, Prime Minister Orban, of being an anti-Semite for cracking down on George Soros's influence in his country. I mean, they got nothing. They got yeah, nothing. Just, it's just, you know. I mean, like they, they, they even throw this one in. Soros was spending $5 million on the effort to thwart Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme Court nomination and his accuser, uh, Christine Blasey Ford, the lawyer, Deborah Katz, was the vice chair of the Project and Government Oversight, which is directly funded by George Soros's Open Society Foundation. I mean, they probably all went to Chipotle, too. What kind right. of connections I mean, do you have? You got nothing is, there. This is crazy. Nothing. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. They're saying that that's how they keep a lid on all of his nefarious things. And I think that's, that is part of it. I think the other part of it is they all agree. And all want the same thing. I things, think so too. And then therefore tilt their their coverage that way. Yeah, right? they see him things. as a force for good. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you could see. Well, a lot of people saw the evil emperor in Star Wars as the 
as the good guy. Oh, yeah, he did that in. big speech, you know, yeah. where he's saying, you know, for the, the good of of the empire, they needed to suspend a couple of rules. Like, I mean, really, you know, and let me tell you something. It's a good thing that uh, George Soros doesn't have the power of the evil emperor where he can just kind of from a distance grab you. You confirm this? Do you know this for a fact? He doesn't have that power because I don't. No, he doesn't have that power. Okay. He doesn't have that power. Mm. He doesn't definitely doesn't have that power. <laughs> Sorry, I just got a cricket in my throat. It's uh, cricket paste or cricket powder. <laughs> <laughs> well, cricket powder now has been okayed for, uh, in the EU for, you know, use in flour as a flour substitute. So you can. That's kind of a problem. Why? I, I Well, I don't want to eat bugs. That's kind of one of my oh, things. Really? Yeah, I have this really? weird hang-up You'd rather on have, you know, wheat, something that's yeah. tested, something that you know, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah it's I just was like thinking. You. This is progress, man. Pr- the cricket powder is progress. Yes. Yes. What's yes. the taste of the cricket powder? Do we know? No, it, like flour. It just tastes just like flour. Just grounding like flour. up, bu- really, does grounding up bugs taste just like grounding up plants? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, okay. ground up wheat. You know, this is, this is, this is how the white man will do you. Okay. I knew it was the white man's yeah. fault. Instead, he's made crickets and locusts into these evil animals when they have just been coming every seven years going, uh, yeah, uh, we're eating all the wheat because it's bad. You guys should eat us. Hello, food chain. Mm. See what I mean? It's so nice of, yeah. of the, the, that invasive species. It, it really <laughs> is. It really is. And they are delicious. Delicious. By the way, uh, the uh, New Zealand prime minister announced her resignation this week. She was going in for um, uh, re-election. It was beginning to look like it might be a humiliating defeat. (laughs) And so she was like, nah, not me. And so she's out. Mm. Uh, and uh, now is she British? Is just a British leader of New Zealand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, right, it's all sure. you know. It's got the British flag. It's you know. Yeah. It's pretty it's, much the it's same. It's pretty much the same. very similar. They're very close. That's an island. She's you know the Queen's right. on an island. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Uh, anyway, uh, she is. Uh, she's known for you know her love of the World Economic Forum and climate change. Oh, and lockdowns and big COVID zero person. Yeah. Which again, she got uh, nonstop praise for when it was actually happening. She was continually but not praised from the voters. No. I don't think. Yeah, you know? initially, I think she was popular. Uh, she had kind of a Cuomo arc. Oh, you know, you know? She, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think everybody was popular when we didn't know what it was, right? And then as soon as we really realized what it was, we were like, okay, well, we can stop all this stuff. That kind of seemed like the sensible reaction. I mean, it never was it okay to suspend constitutional rights over Correct. a virus, no matter. But you can. Even it was much, much worse. But than you it can was. understand. I remember yeah. they were welding people in their houses yeah. in China. Uh, yeah. And you're like, what is this? Is this Ebola? I think we were just talking about this off the air the other day. But, you know, all the the cell phone location data mm. from people show that they went basically into lockdown before the government told them to go into lockdown yes, back in March. I, know. I mean, people I know. really didn't want any part of this. They wanted to know what the heck was going on. Mm-hmm. So it took a few weeks for people to kind of understand and get comfortable with the effect of, okay, we could do this. We shouldn't do this. We should be outside more. We shouldn't be inside. We should try to avoid our sick and elderly relatives. All the things that now are obviously really common sense back then weren't well known. So it took a little while 
So people kind of did go into their their caves, whether the government told them to or not. Incidentally, they also came out of their caves long before the government said it was okay. They decided to make their own choices, sure. and that's what Americans do. Sure, sure. So tomorrow, we're going to be talking to an expert on this absolutely unprecedented in all Catholic history. A pope who just dies had written a book and held it until he died mm. to expose the civil war that's being fought inside of the Catholic Church. It talks about all kinds of stuff. Nobody Nobody is talking about it. We will with an expert on tomorrow and the Glenn Beck program. COVID part due in Scotland.